Thanks for joining us today on the Jesus Famous Podcast. Hey, maybe you took a look at the title of this episode and thought to yourself, why are we looking at verses in scripture that have nothing to do with marriage and applying them to a conversation about marriage? Well, we believe that there's a ton of reasons for this, um, and we'll explore that here in the conversation. But really, what we're trying to get at is that there are deep truths in God's word, things about identity, things about satisfaction, things about purpose and legacy that apply to our lives generally, but can really influence a marriage for kingdom purposes. And so in this conversation, we're going to explore that and see what God has in store for marriages, even from verses that don't have anything necessarily to do about marriage. So let's get right into it. All right, so Nate, when is uh, your marriage book coming out? Oh, man. <laughs> Soon, next year. It's funny you say that because I was talking to David Guzik a while ago. Oh, just drop a name, why don't you? Yeah. <laughs> I love that guy. He's so rad. And we were talking about writing, and he said to me, you, you need to write, like, uh, you need to write a marriage book he did yeah he's like i love the stuff you write about marriage okay you need to write a marriage book okay but the reason i'm telling you this is not to name drop guzik my response <laughs> i was like kind of caught off guard by by the comment you know and kind of just like looked at him funny and like i just kind of didn't know how to reply to that <laughs> and since then i've thought like multiple times i've thought oh man I hope David Guzik knows I have a rad marriage because my response was so weird. <laughs> what did you say? I just kind of like looked at him like blankly <laughs> and was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> I gave him nothing. I just gave him nothing. He's like, oh, man, threw that out there. Yeah, yeah so I'm back. like, oh, man, poor guy. He probably thinks like, oh, man, maybe Nate and Christina just aren't doing very, oh, very well. Oh, that's funny, you know? man. <laughs> So it's funny you say that because I've thought that a few times over the last few months oh, since the last man. time we chatted. I'm glad you didn't give me as a blank stare just now, but you yeah. elaborated a little so, bit. You learned your know. lesson. I don't know. I don't know when it's coming. I don't know when it's coming. <laughs> well, I have to just say, man, this um, this like little series, it's just like four kind of, I almost wanted to call them just episodes. I mean, there's articles about marriage, but they're just rich, man, just talking about having good christian marriage rooted in the identity of christ i just love these i thought we could just talk today about the first one that you did um so this is part one in your four-part series mm -hmm. and uh, this first one kind of springs from colossians 3 uh, verses 3 through 4 which you mentioned even in the title this isn't like a marriage verse per se yeah but um you learn some great principles about marriage from this so before we get into the marriage talk, let's talk about what Paul is speaking about to the Colossian church. What is this passage all about? Yeah, so the Colossians uh, were struggling with the supremacy of Christ. Yeah. And 
we don't know what doctrines they were really getting into, but some people think they were the early form. It was some early form of, of Gnosticism. Hmm. I don't know if that's the case or not, but for whatever they were getting into, they were thinking of Jesus as less than, hmm. and yeah. they were turning to some other philosophies, some other doctrines. And so Paul wrote to them about the supremacy, the preeminence is yeah. a word that he uses, the glory of Jesus, and that in Christ are all the treasures hmm. of wisdom and knowledge. Yeah. And that you could spend your life searching out, thinking about, studying on Jesus, and it would be satisfying and enough. Mm-hmm. And in this little section, right before uh, Colossians 3 rolls around, Paul actually talks to the Colossian believers about some different things that they had gotten into that were lesser mm-hmm. than, some real specifics. You know, they've gotten into some legalism kind of things, you know, do not touch, do not taste, do not handle. Mm. They've gotten into uh, some of it looks like the old uh, Jewish customs, new moons, feasts, uh, different externals that they felt uh, were, you know, giving them some kind of like that's where the deep stuff is really found, you know, kind of idea. But his whole thing was, you know, none of those things can actually help you against the the desires of the flesh you got to have jesus you got to walk with jesus you got to enjoy jesus so then he goes on to tell them you've been raised with jesus you're alive with him so you should seek the things that are connected to him you should set your minds upon him for you died and your life is hidden with christ in god And when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So his Mm -hmm. whole thing was, you guys are just so tied to Jesus. He is your life. If you're you're one of his people, he is your life. So, yeah, that's what I wanted to focus on in the article was the idea that for Christina and myself or any married couple that's in Christ— your life is not hidden in your spouse. Your right. life is hidden with Christ in God. Christ mm. himself is your life. That's such a rad truth because it is just so easy to get wrapped up in a, a relationship, especially one as intimate as a, a marriage, to find your identity and what they say about you or just what your life now looks like together and to, to take a step back and just say, you know, my life is hid with Christ my spouse's wife is hidden in Christ, and together we are under Christ. We Our lives spring from Christ. That's just so rooting. I just love that. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about a few of these um, principles that you mentioned. There's five in the article, but today we'll just talk through a, a few of them. If you want the whole article, go to nateholders.com. All these are there. Um, but let's talk about this first principle first. The first one was um, prioritizing your relationship with Jesus. It's simple enough. Um, but I wanted to ask you, how does your relationship with Jesus actually affect your marriage with Christina? You prioritizing your relationship with Jesus, how does that directly affect your relationship with Christina? Yeah, so the idea here with this one is, okay, if if my life is hidden with Christ 
if her life is hidden with Christ, mm-hmm. then we have no business neglecting our relationship with Christ. Right. Because right. otherwise we're just not as alive and real and mm. and true to who we actually are. So if our lives are, you know, in him, bound up in him, hidden with him, then we want to pursue our relationship with him. So you're asking, how does that impact yeah. our our marriage, our relationship? Yeah. Oh gosh, in like a bazillion ways. <laughs> You know, for one, it makes me not so terrible. (laughs) I mean, you know, Jesus corrects me, speaks to me, directs me, you know, prompts me, says things to me that I'm sure Christina would love to say, but coming from Jesus, I take it, you know, Um, it softens Mm. me, it, you know, that relationship with him helps me process, you know, so many things that I'm going through in life, worries, stuff like that, stresses decrease. And, you know, when you're stressed out in a marriage, that's just bad news, you know, as far as, um, you know, what, how that will impact your, your marriage, the stress you bring from life into your marriage can, you know, really hurt the marriage. Oh yeah. Uh, it helps, you know, avoid, some of the classic outlets that people have for stress, mm-hmm. AKA sin. Um, you know, so it, it impacts us, I think probably with everything. I mean, the way we spend our money, totally. the way we build yeah. our calendar, the priorities we've developed for what our lives are going to be about. I mean, yeah, it's all informed by our relationship with Jesus. So yeah, we both try to really, make that a purposeful, intentional, uh, part of our lives. You know, I have just never felt like, because I pastor that, that means that, uh, I have some kind of like automatic relationship with Jesus, right? That if I'm, you know, preparing for a sermon or something like that, that, that somehow is me spending time with my Lord. I mean, it's supposed to be done in that kind of way, but just like everybody's job is supposed to be done in that kind of way, Mm -hmm. or maybe not just like it. I mean, as I'm like reading the Bible, studying it, you know, there is a sense like, Lord, what is this saying? But I would hope that if you're, you know, a manager at the local movie theater, you're, you're asking the Lord, Lord, how can I, you know, manage these employees the best way possible. Right. How can I solve, right. you know, this conflict that Joe and Cindy are having over <laughs> in the popcorn court? You know, like I, I would hope that that kind of conversation and fellowship is happening for every believer, for you sure. know, in, in their nine to five, so to speak. Um, so I've just never felt like that's what gives me my relationship with God the thing that I do vocationally or something like that. No, that's, that's not the case. You know, I think that Christian men and Christian women, um, need to read the Bible and pray and hear what the Lord has to say to them and develop their personal relationship with him. There's just nothing can, nothing can replace that conversation I'm going to have with him. Hmm. You know, and the time that I'm going to spend with him, it might be a lot of time. It might be a little time, but nothing can replace that. Yeah. So we just encourage that in each other's lives, you know, that hey, you're going to, 
I'm wanting, it's not like I have to make Christina read the Bible and she doesn't have to make me read the Bible. I mean, that'd be terrible. I'm sure that happens so often in marriages, you know, where the wife is like pressuring the husband or vice versa, you know, like, Hey, in this house, we read the Bible and we pray, you know, and it's just a terrible kind of, it's just never been like that for, for us. It's just an atmosphere where we, it would encourage that, you know, like, yeah. She wants to walk with the Lord. I want to walk mm. with the Lord. What did you get out of your time with yeah. him? How did that go? Hey, good morning. I'm not going to interrupt you right now. I know mm. that you're having your time with the Lord. It's just like built into our lives. Yeah. When it's like our day off and I'm like, hey, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get up and have a little quiet time, you know, before I get going with making yeah. breakfast for the family or whatever. She's not looking at me weird like, what? come on just skip a day like there's none of that it's just of course we're going to encourage that Mm -hmm. in each other's lives so i love that so yeah i mean it's just a big part of our lives that's so great to hear that you both have that desire personally and that you encourage each other in that i think that's just such a great element of the marriage it's beautiful let's keep moving on here Uh, principle number two in this article you talk about finding your satisfaction in jesus um you also talk about how finding your satisfaction in jesus actually like enables you to love christina more freely so i just wanted to ask how does finding satisfaction in jesus actually allow you to be satisfied in christina or with christina how does say that question? Yeah, how does finding satisfaction in Jesus first actually allow you to find some satisfaction in Christina? Oh yeah. Oh man, in so many ways. Mm. You know, men love to play like we're all super secure, but we're just a <laughs> bunch of insecure babies. You know, and when we we so often what? What, yeah, so often what a man will do is he will put a pressure on his wife to give him the esteem or identity yep. Yep. or boldness yep. or attaboys or courage that enable him to go on in life. And totally. look, I get it. We all read The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. And there's some of you out there who are saying like, my love language is words of affirmation. Okay. We all, we all need that to a degree, you know, and good. I'm, I like the book, you know, it's, it's, uh, but it's not in the Bible, you know, but, but, but I, you know, I get it. Like, that's the thing. So I'm not, I'm not saying that a husband and wife shouldn't give that to each other. Yeah. It's just, who do you primarily need it from? Come on. Who do you primarily need it from? And if you, if you are, you know, living off of those words from your spouse but never going to the lord to hear that from him Mm. to get his perspective his you know thoughts so that's been a huge way that it's helped me with her it's like man i i can enjoy you without putting all this pressure on you like hey you gotta build me up you gotta you gotta speak into my life you gotta you gotta you know, really like give me courage, you know, no, you want to primarily get that from the Lord. And, and, you know, I think then that your spouse can become 
an instrument in the Lord's hands to then be able to add on to what the Lord is already yeah. saying to you, you know, and to give you those words of encouragement or advice or counsel. I think also it just helps me because not only do I, it does it lessen or decrease the thing within me that looks to her to, to give me esteem or to, you know, build me up. Yeah. I think also it just helps with, um, like, um, you're important, hmm. you're valuable. There's no other woman on the face of the earth that is like you. There is no other human like you. You have a, a position in my life that no one else has. But it's Jesus who knows me through and through. It's Jesus who, you know, is my maker. It is Jesus who designed me. Hmm. So I think that it takes a little pressure off for her so it's yeah. like i'm getting a i'm 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 able to kind of just help her relax mm. and it i think that increases our like enjoyment of each other um and then i think also i'm just speaking off the top of I my head it, i'm man. sure there's like a hundred ways I'm that it right has now. helped our relationship or helped me enjoy her mm-hmm. but i think another way too riley is that um when I know, you know, that, okay, my satisfaction most fully comes from Christ. My life is most fully found in Christ. There's this cool thing that happens where I start to more deeply appreciate her as a vessel of Christ, hmm. you know, to where yeah. it's like, okay, you know, cause I realize like, even as I'm reading the Bible, all the time and you know trying to pray and you know spend time with the lord personally i don't know if you've ever noticed this but it in your time with the lord but i've definitely noticed it's kind of like i notice the same things hmm. in the bible a lot yeah. you know mm-hmm. and uh, it's always a very timely and i can yeah. tell the spirit is showing me things and mm-hmm. a lot of times there's stuff that's just like so out of the norm that okay yeah. wow that's cool i'm glad i read that today that stood out to me today thank you lord for speaking to my heart but i'm just a man with his experiences i have yeah. a limited perspective so yeah. to understand that god has put people in my life in christ who can help me and speak to me and that one of those principal players is Christina word man it really helps to like okay my life is hidden with Jesus he's got all these things for me and one of the ways he wants to like talk to me and encourage me is through this woman what does she think what does Mm. she see how is she observing uh, life so I think that's another way too that's rad I love it man Let's keep going. Uh, this next one, you say, um, you, you talk about growing and learning in Jesus. Um, and I know for every couple, um, you know, spouses just kind of may some make the husband likes to pray more and the wife likes to read more or vice versa. There's just these kind of different learning and growing styles within marriages, obviously. So I just want to ask you, how do you um, grow and learn about Jesus together. Do you guys read like the same books, listen to the same podcasts, all that kind of stuff? Um, or is it more like you kind of do things separately and come together 
and kind of yeah. grow together just yeah, through yeah. conversation yeah. and stuff. I get asked this question from time to time. I know that there are some couples out there that they like, they'll do like a book study together. Right. So I've heard of some couples where it almost sounds like they basically are doing like a devotion together every mm-hmm. day or praying together every day. And Christina and I were just not really like that. Yeah. Um, we're, I think we're very different from each other. So the kinds of Christian literature that we gravitate mm. towards, if you imagine two circles that are overlapping slightly in the overlap, there's some material that we both dig. Mm-hmm. And then she's got her circle of stuff and I got yeah. my circle of stuff. Yeah. You know, she reads some authors that I'm like, they sound solid, they sound great, but they're talking about issues that aren't my like bread and butter, what mm. I'm thinking about kind yeah. of issues. You know, she doesn't need to be reading a bunch of books that talk about like pastoring and stuff like that. Right. And I don't want to read a bunch of books talking about mothering for the glory of God and stuff like that. I might read, right. we read one every now and then, but mm-hmm. that's not going to be my steady diet. Same with podcasts that we like to listen to. So for us, we, we do a little bit of overlapping. So maybe once or twice a year, there might be a book that we're both reading uh, simultaneously cool. or slightly simultaneously. You mm-hmm. know, like right now she's started a book that I just finished and oh, cool. like recommended yeah, yeah. to her, you know, like I really think you would love this one. So she's starting to get into it. Or earlier in the year, there was a book she read and she's like, I think you'd like it. So I've read mm. a couple chapters that were like good articles, you know, from it kind of thing. Hmm. Uh, but then other times we'll just like pick a book together, you know, like, Hey, let's read this, you know, around the same time. It's about marriage. Let's talk about our marriage. But usually it's just, we are both committed to a regular additional diet where we're like consuming stuff. Right. So a lot of right. times it's Christian, uh, Bible based podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, books, uh, a yeah. lot of reading. So for her, it's probably a little bit weighted more towards the podcast. For me, it's weighted a little bit mm. more towards the books. Yeah, that's cool. One of my favorite parts about that element of the um, the article is that you said if Christina saw me not studying or reading for a certain yeah, amount of time, yeah. she'd be like, "There's something wrong here." Like, yeah. like that is built into your guys' marriage that you both do learn regularly and are interested yeah. in growing. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, that kind of is more. I was talking about my just like morning routine and quiet time with the Mm -hmm. Lord, you know, just like that personal relationship. Yeah. It'd be like a real, you know, and vice versa as well. It'd be a a surprise for either one of us if we looked and, and saw that the other one wasn't practicing that time for even just a couple of days after one or two days, we'd start to notice that like, what's happened? You know, what's, Mm. what's going on? But as far as like the growing and just learning in addition to just your personal, you know, kind of walk with the Lord, we just try to have it be something that's just we're continually reading and learning and then trying to talk about that, you know, whether it's when we get together to go on a date or just at a quiet spot during the day, you know, just kind of rehashing. And then, uh, you know, we try to have a fairly regular rhythm of praying together. And so for us, it's like once a week, we'll have like a big, you know, prayer meeting that's kind of connected to our, um, not a prayer meeting, but it is that, you know, the two of us praying together at the end of our quiet time for the day. That's cool. That's rad, man. Kind of going off of that question just a little bit, maybe like a sub question is, um, you know, I'm sure there's people who are listening right now who, 
maybe they're married and their spouse isn't much of a learner just inherently, but the person who's listening right now would like to see their spouse become more of a learner. Oh, yeah, yeah. How would you encourage that spouse to help their partner grow into being more of a, a learner? Yeah, nagging. <laughs> it's, it's Forceful nagging. It's, you know, it's a way to go. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. You know, yeah, that's a that's a great question. And you just can't force yeah. anyone, you know, into that kind of spirit, you know, into that kind of mode. You just can't bring that about in their lives. You can be yourself though, mm-hmm. you know, and I'd like to think that both Christina and I have rubbed off on each other mm-hmm. in a lot of different ways, yeah. you know, and that the way that we've lived out our Christianity has impacted and in some ways just been a living example to mm-hmm. the other, you know, mm-hmm. as one goes through a drier time, we see the other and we're motivated, yeah. you know, to, oh man, I want to, I want to keep up, you know, I want to pick up the pace. So I think, I think on one hand, just, you have to just be yourself and mm-hmm. exemplify. And, and really as you're doing that, make sure that you're guarding your heart with the way mm-hmm. that you're going about that. For instance, if, if you're sitting with your spouse for a cup of coffee and in the back of your mind, you're thinking, I wish he was more of a reader. Yeah. So what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to share about something that I've been reading because I want him to be more of a reader. Hmm. Once you feel that motivation, you just got to stop. Hmm. You just got to stop because your motive is wrong for what you're about to do. But if it's just flowing from you just being yourself and maybe it's like way back there in the back of your mind, like, you know, I would love for them to be more of a reader, but I legitimately want to share like what God is doing in my heart as a result of this truth that I've been interacting with through this book or this podcast or whatever. Right. Um, you know, it's, you have to really, I think, check, you know, your Mm. heart. So one way would just be, you know, just be you just exemplify. A second thing is to, to pray, you know, pray for your spouse that God would, open up to them the right venue or the right style of learning and instruction. Hmm. It might be that you've got some like pastor out there that you're listening to in a podcast that your spouse just like is never going (laughs) to dig. And you're all about it and you're trying to recommend like, hey, listen to this one, (laughs) listen to that one. And they're just like not going to be wired, you know, in the same kind of way. Yeah. So pray for them. Pray that that would come into their lives. Pray that perhaps a friend who's a peer could give them a recommendation, That's you good. know, and and, yeah. and and that that would kind of be a thing that that stirs them in that direction. So, you know, prayer. I think another thing is like just don't worry about it. Hmm. You know, I mean, I realize that it is very possible to be stuck in a unequal yoke kind Mm -hmm. of situation where sadly one person, you know, is just really wanting to grow in in Christ and and the other is just apathetic to the Lord or, you know, all of that. 
it's almost easier to know what to do with someone who's a non-believer than mm-hmm. it is to know what to do with someone who's an apathetic believer. Um, so that's, you know, can be a sad thing. But on the other hand, it is possible for a person to be godly, mm-hmm. loving the Lord, you know, interested in him and just not to be like a big learner mm-hmm. kind of person. You know, or at least not in those ways where they're consuming dozens of books each year or wanting to fill up the downtime of their lives with consuming material that is going to grow them and help them. So, I mean, obviously there is a sense in which if a person's life is filled with just a bunch of nonsense Mm -hmm. and just a bunch of, it's just a, you know, hours of Netflix every day and all of that that that's a disappointing life. You know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's not a life well spent or stewarded well before the Lord. So I'm not trying to make an excuse for anybody, but you might want to just kind of edge off a little bit, cut some slack and just Mm -hmm. realize like people are different. Not everybody is going to be this way. I was talking to a guy just the other day who is just not a book guy, you know, loves to listen and think, you know, in that kind of way, but isn't as much of a reader and that's fine. That's yeah. fine, you know. Um, I mean, and 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 I'm saying that's fine from a person who, like, if there was ever anybody who would think, like, books are for everybody, <laughs> it would be me. It's like, I, holders, I love yeah. to write. I think books are fantastic. Yeah, you know, I think I think, you know. So if if someone tells me that I'm just not a reader. I will push back and challenge them a little bit. Like, are you sure? Hmm. You know, there's some great stuff out there. There's something for you. But, you know, I might not be for everybody, but just this word might be for somebody. Like, just Hmm. don't stress about it, you know, too hard. Yeah. That's a good word, man. And let the Lord be the one to work in your spouse's life. Let the Lord to be the one, be the one to, to make this happen. You know, their life is hidden with Christ in God. Let him be the one to cultivate that in them you just model for them what this looks like to make him a priority in life if you'd like any more content from pastor nate you can always find more resources at nateholdridge.com or calvary.com And if you'd like to stay in touch just with what Pastor Nate is speaking about and writing about on a regular basis, you can go to nateholdridge.com and sign up for his newsletter there. Also, be on the lookout for Pastor Nate's new book called Let Us Hear. It's coming out soon and you can pre-order it today online. Thanks again for joining us today in this conversation. And until next time, God bless you.